before I left for college, my youth minister did the same thing that our high school director did with our graduating seniors a couple weeks ago. Y'all remember Taylor was standing right here and he looked up at those graduating seniors and he said, I give you eight weeks. Is that what he said? Something like that. I give you eight weeks. It is so important for you to find a campus ministry or a church or a Bible study or small group to plug into. So that's what my youth minister did. Same thing. So I get to campus and I join every I go and visit every campus ministry. I join several Bible studies. I visit all the different churches I could. And this one campus ministry, second semester I went to, they had a special speaker. And I was intrigued because they were called like power men or something. And you get there and there's these guys and they're ripped and they look like wrestlers. And, and this guy took a phone book that was this thick or so and just ripped it in half with his bare hands and then another person took a metal pipe and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, bent the pipe down. And I was like, I want that power. That could help my volleyball game. <laughs> so then at the end of the talk, these men said, if any of you want to know more about what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, come back tonight. We'll have some small group discussion. Well, I was all for small group discussion. I hadn't heard about this thing, and I was eager to, to get this power in my life. And, and so my buddy Jimmy and I, we show up, and I should have known that maybe something was up because we were the only two that came. And then there were, there were these three strong men sitting at a table. So Jimmy and I sat down, and they opened up their Bible, and they just began to pick out little verses from here and verses from there. One of them said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then they would flip. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And then the leader looked up and he said, do you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? I looked at Jimmy and, sure. I, I didn't know what it meant, so they had us stand up. Then these three men began to, to pray out loud and they were weaving through us and they were praying. And then suddenly one of the men, the leader stood in front of me and he said, and I baptize you in the name of the Holy Spirit. Now speak, speak spirit. And I opened my eyes and I said, what do you want me to say? <laughs> they began, the three men began to speak in other tongues they had the gift of speaking in tongues. And in that moment, I was so paralyzed. I thought, oh, I, I don't have it. I must not have this gift of the Holy Spirit. This is, they've just shown me in the text, this is what it means. And I'm not able to do it. And I felt so paralyzed in that moment and frustrated. See, I grew up in a Presbyterian church a lot like West Lake Hills Pres. And we didn't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, I didn't have the language. I didn't have the verses. I didn't have the education on what the Holy Spirit meant. And, and you know, we're Trinitarian. But honestly, we spend most of our time talking about God and Jesus. We're kind of Benetarian. We leave the Holy Spirit for, oh yeah, that day called Pentecost. <laughs> when we're all wearing red and we're talking about the acts and the Holy Spirit falling upon us. As we were remarking on our plans for this day, Stacy said, you know, the Holy Spirit might be the most hidden figure in our faith. 
And so when we were thinking about what, what would the scripture be that we would talk about, I didn't want it to be that Acts 2 passage where the Holy Spirit rests upon the disciples as tongues of fire, because that was too obvious. And then we came upon this hidden figure, Ananias. You've never heard of him, probably. But you've heard about the person that's in the story with him, and that's the Apostle Paul. So before we read our text today, I'm just going to remind you of that passage in Acts 9 when a man named Saul, who is a leader of the Jews and is is trying to seek out people that follow Christ and put them in prison, he is on his way to a city called Damascus for the sole purpose of finding people who are following Jesus and then to bind them, put them in prison, and have them flogged. And as he's on his way, suddenly a light appears from heaven and he hears a voice and it says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he's struck blind and his friends take him to a house in Damascus. And that brings us to our text today. Before we read our scripture, I want you to join me in our prayer for illumination. Join me, loving God, by the power of your spirit, Help us to approach your word. Remind us of those people whose stories we might not always notice. Show us how these hidden figures fit into your larger purpose. And help us to hear and understand from their lives how you are calling us to live today. Amen. Hear now the word of our Lord. Now, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight at the house of Judas to look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, go. For he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And so Ananias went and he entered the house and he laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother, Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here, he has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. And then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Ananias comes to us with no special title. We don't even know how he came to believe in this person called Jesus. There's no amazing conversion story. 
There's no story of him being a paralyzed man and then having an encounter with Jesus and suddenly he can walk. No, all we are told about Ananias is that he is a disciple. He's a follower of Jesus and he lives in a city called Damascus. Ananias is just like any other person in the crowd. Ananias is just like me and you. What One truth that we want you to discover this summer as we look at these hidden figures is that no one's story is insignificant. Whether you are feeling useless or insignificant or unimportant or smaller than everyone else, none of us are hidden or insignificant in God's story. And I love this story for so many reasons. I love that it's a call story and Ananias' response is, here I am, Lord. And we're reminded of those great figures in the Old Testament of Abraham and Moses and Jacob. I love it that after these men are called, their their next response is, no, I I don't want to (laughs) go. That seems a little bit scary. I love that this story gives us these funny little details, like that Ananias is supposed to go to a street called Straight. That's an, actual, that's an actual street, even to this day, in the Syrian city of Damascus. It's a main thoroughfare. To the house of a man named Judas, not Judas from the New Testament and Jesus' story, but just another person named Judas. But what I love most about this story is that it gives us some truths about the Holy Spirit. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in this hidden figure of Ananias? First, the Holy Spirit is a gift to all who believe in Jesus. It is not something that you have to specially receive. It is a gift. It is the gift of God. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit kind of comes and goes. We see that the Holy Spirit will rest upon someone, rest upon a king, or rest upon a prophet, and then it would leave. But since the ascension of Jesus, Jesus said, I will leave you a gift. I will leave you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. All one needs to do to have the Holy Spirit is to believe. You believe in Jesus, you have it. Second, as followers of Christ, we can choose how much we make room for the Holy Spirit to work in our, in our lives and around us. Now, I want to make sure you, hear, you do not hear me saying that we control the Holy Spirit or that we have the ability to control how or in what way the Holy Spirit will work. God's Spirit will work in us and in spite of us. But what I am saying is that we have a choice to see how much space we allow for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. I want you to picture yourself, your faith as a garage, filled with lots of things in your garage. If you are a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit is present. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are your tools. We'll talk about those in a second. But there are other things that take up space in our garage, the drive for success, the quest to earn more money and security, and one of the biggest that takes up the most space in our garages is just worry over things that we cannot control. We have the ability to make space for the Holy Spirit. And there are several things this text teaches us 
in order for how to do that. And if we want to make room for the Holy Spirit, the first and foremost thing is we need to spend time with God. We need to spend time in prayer with God. When you look at the text, at the very beginning of this story, Ananias gets a vision. And what we know is that he would have been in prayer to receive this vision. He was spending time with the Lord. Without Ananias praying, there would be no vision. And if there had been no vision, there would be no call to go. And without a call to go, there would be no Saul becoming Paul. And without Paul, there would be no spreading of the gospel to the Gentiles. And I'm so convicted about this. I'm so convicted about the fact that we are called to spend this time with God. And each morning I wake up and I have this excellent plan for how I'm going to spend time in devotion and prayer. And then suddenly it just gets moved down the priority list. So then what I do is I say, oh, it'll happen tonight. And then as I'm lying on my pillow, I have this grand prayer list. And the next thing I know, my alarm is going off the next morning. Think about what, what am I missing out on without that prayer time? What visions, what dreams, what words of hope from God, from the Spirit am I missing out on? We must spend time in prayer with God. If we want to make room for the Holy Spirit, we also need to practice the gifts of the Spirit. You see, Ananias, he could have said no. When God spoke to him in a vision and said, I need you to go seek out a person named Saul, he could have said, no, that that person has hurt my friends, has bound them, I've seen them get flogged. That's the same person that watched his brother Stephen was stoned to death. He could have said no, but Ananias in this moment, he chose to obey. With this hidden figure's one little act of obedience, he made room for the Holy Spirit. With one act of obedience, the Holy Spirit changed two men. First, it changed Ananias, humbled him, and said, I'm going to choose obedience. And second, it changed Saul dramatically changed Saul, totally transformed by the grace of God. With Ananias' one little act of obedience, making room for, for the Holy Spirit, y'all realize the entire course of history of the spreading of the gospel was changed by this simple man called to a street called Straight in the house of a person named Judas. But it's even more than that. Look again at verse 17 this is what it says. It says that Ananias laid his hands on Saul and said, brother. One commentarian said this of this moment. I never fail to be moved by these words. They may well have been the first words which Saul heard from Christian lips after his conversion. And they were words of fraternal welcome. They must have been music to his ears. Why? Was the arch enemy of the church to be welcomed as a brother? Was the dreaded fanatic to be received as a member of a family? This is how it is in the Christian faith. The easiest way for us to make room for the Holy Spirit, friends, 
The easiest way for us to be able to visibly experience the Holy Spirit at work in our lives is to practice the gifts of the Spirit. Consider this, decades later, Paul is writing to his church in Galatia and probably keeping in mind the kindness, the generosity, the faithfulness of that person named Ananias. This is what Paul writes. These are the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, self-control. Ananias made room for the Spirit by choosing kindness. He chose this by greeting him as brother. He chose this by gently laying his hands on someone that should have been rejected. What is one gift of the Spirit you can practice more this week to make room for the Holy Spirit in your life? Who is one person you need to be more patient with? What is a situation that you are the one that needs to bring peace to? And who is someone that is in need of your generosity today? Reflecting back on that night in college, I now know some things about the Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit give us power? Absolutely. Not just power to bend pipes, but power to know that we can get through this day facing the trials with a different set of tools, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I now know that the Holy Spirit is a gift to all believers, plays no favorites, doesn't require a special baptism or prayer. I now know that the Holy Spirit is the comforter, assuring us that we are never alone. The story of Ananias reminds us that all we need to do is make room for the Holy Spirit, and sometimes in just the tiniest little act of kindness. There's a reason we are not told more about Ananias. There's a reason we don't know his story. It's not always the loudest, it's not always the biggest, it's not always the prettiest that makes the biggest impact. Not all of us are going to be Saul's turned Paul, but all of us can be like Ananias, choosing to spend time with God over other things in our lives and choosing to make room for the Spirit. Who knows what type of impact our little kindness could have on the world. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.